My guest today is Sean Wong, aka Swix online. He's an infinite builder passionate about developer tooling and developer communities. He currently works as a senior developer advocate for AWS Amplify and recently published the Coding Career Handbook for Junior to Senior Developer Careers. In his free time, he teaches React, TypeScript, Storybook, and Node.js CLIs at egghead.io and helps run the Svelte Society community for meetups. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Ryan. I've been enjoying the podcast, so it's a trip to be on. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm excited to have you here. You have a lot going on. I, I see you all over Twitter uh, giving valuable content to the world, talking about uh, developer careers, etc. And you've got you've got a book out on the topic, and, and congrats on, on publishing your book, The Coding Career Handbook. I was hoping we could chat a bit, a bit about that, maybe talk about the process of, of writing it and, and publishing it, um, maybe get into the nitty-gritty even, some of the details about where you published and how you thought about uh, how to distribute it and, and maybe even get into some of the numbers, if that sounds good to you. Yeah, sounds great. I That's a lot of detail that we can get into. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think I'm excited to share about it here because uh, obviously your, your podcast is focused on entrepreneurial coders. And I feel like that's my people because I am very interested in finance. I'm interested in, in startups. Uh, and I'm a coder, so um, I always think that we can make more money with with our you know side hustles and potentially yep. become full full time hustles. But um, it doesn't have to be; it could just be side discretionary income that that is yep. uh, helpful as well. Uh, well, I mean, the context for my book was was essentially uh, I had I left I used to work at Netlify, and I left in March of this year, <laughs> and then the world shut down, and I was I was supposed yeah. to join AWS, but uh, basically had essentially two months between jobs to uh, to really think about, you know, basically it's just like two months between jobs. So I spent like the first mm -hmm. week kind of just vegging out, watching TV, uh, playing some games, and then I really got bored. And then I, I, I felt like I, I should take up a challenge to ship something beginning to end for money uh, for, for the first time on my own. And, and that, that's mm -hmm. that's that would have been, you know, and the goal was really just to try to make make my first independent money online. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I you know looked around for book ideas, and the, I think the two top ideas I had were a React and TypeScript course or a book, mm -hmm. and and then this one. Um, and this one eventually won out because so many people wrote in uh, saying that the other one, the, the React and TypeScript course, was actually the more popular answer when I when I put up a poll. But okay. <laughs> this one got the most write-ins, and I think the write-ins are are more of a interesting indicator of interest than like a, a pretty passive uh twitter poll interesting so, okay. yeah i mean and, and also you know i think when i when i blog because i've been i've been blogging for a while and perhaps that's where you you like see a lot of me just like trying to you know put stuff out there and mm -hmm. it really it, it, as depressing as it might be my technical content like it's like it's good you know i've, I've had i've had some really good talks um but the stuff that really resonates most with people is my non-technical stuff. So uh, my mm. essay on learning in public was, is something I put out in June of 2018 and has reached hundreds of thousands of developers. And, it, and it's just wow. really uh, indi indicative that there's, there's, there's some demand there. So I was like, all right, what, what, what else do I have in me that, uh, that I think could be, could be interesting? Um, and it's not necessarily like I haven't been a dev for that long. It's, so I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily saying like, I, ha I personally have uh, experienced all of these things. But these are things where I, I studied a lot of people for sure. And I I'm very obsessed with like career success and career growth. And right. so I was like, what do I believe to be true now? And what if I just like put all of them down and organize them in, in, in some form? Uh, and that, that became the book. And uh, I, think, I think for me, the, the niche that really resonated with me was that uh, I think there's a lot of technical content out there on like how to crack the coding interview you know <laughs> yeah. or like uh, you know uh, do really well algorithm design um, that's that's you know for getting the job but then after you get the job what happens then and it's a very very mm. open question um, and it's, it's it's kind of uh, un underserved particularly the the transition from junior dev to senior dev so I, f I figured right, okay. you know having just made that transition myself I figured that I would just try to focus on that you know, missing part of the market, and mm -hmm. uh, and and then just wrote for two months. <laughs> uh, it, it, it I think I, I I calculated afterwards. It was it worked out to be about six hundred hours of, of writing. Okay. 
and uh, th- <laughs> I did not sign up for that initially. But it just took <laughs> that long. Like I think when you write yeah. something like this, you you just map out the things you have to say, and then it just takes as long as it's going to take. Uh, and yeah. then I shipped in on uh, in July, and uh, it's it's been it's been ongoing. Sales have been ongoing since then. Uh, I just uploaded my Black Friday discount sales things nice. and i can't promote it because i have been locked out of twitter but it's there anyway so like it, it's a it's it's my first experience shipping a full you know entrepreneurial journey on my own yep um beginning to end uh with like marketing and, and everything um so far i think on my on on day one when i when i launched it uh, basically, I, I pre-sold. I, I put up an empty PDF and I said, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this project. If you want mm-hmm. to support me, you can get it for cheap at, at a pre-sale price. Um, and I actually right. got $4,000 that day. So I sold an nice. empty PDF for, for, for four grand. So that was a really strong <laughs> support for my friends, to be, co- to be quite honest, right? Like just yeah, people, yeah. Have been, people who, are, who are just like wanting to encourage me. But then also it's a very, very strong encouragement to, to keep going. Uh, by the time I actually launched, uh, I had sold about 13K in pre-sales. Launch day was another, another 13K. And since then, I've done uh, a, a lifetime total of about 71,000 um, nice. in, the, in the past, I guess, whatever it's november so it's so july to november um and uh and yeah i mean i think the uh uh the 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 the, the ongoing sort of mature sales right now uh so i i i put my i linked my stripe account to indie hackers and obviously mm-hmm. uh, people here are probably familiar with indie hackers so you can so right now the revenue number says four grand a month in passive sales um, wow which is like that seems high to me. I think I had a spike because like I was on some pretty high profile podcasts like Shop Talk Show and React Podcast, right. and that helped to boost my numbers. But uh, it varies. I'd say it's between one to four k a month. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, congratulations. That's uh, that's a huge success, I would say, especially for like uh, your your entry into the entrepreneurial journey and and coming out with your first product. Uh, that's that's quite amazing. What was would what would you say was the hardest part of of this journey? I mean, the journey's ongoing. You're still um, you know marketing the product and selling it. But uh, what has been the more what have been the more difficult aspects of this journey for you? Uh, for people who haven't done this before, I think the <laughs> the honest answer is that the hardest part is whatever you're going through right now. Uh, so it always feels like the worst. <laughs> and then like stuff that was in the past is in the past. So like you don't necessarily feel that strongly anymore about it. But I used to I, like I used to feel so painful when when I was doing things like uh, trying to figure out typesetting because I, I wanted to, you know, I'll put my book in PDF, EPUB and Mobi forms. And then just like picking the, right. the array of tools out there, they all are terrible in some way. You know they're they're, they're good. They, they just they, they have fatal flaws in some critical way, which was unacceptable to me. And then I had to go move right. to another tool and then the tool. So it's, that's that tool hell. Um, you know, which we're very familiar with as developers also exists in just trying to pick platforms and trying to pick uh, book publishing uh, formats. Uh, editing yeah. was a pain point. You know, uh, I wrote about a hundred thousand words. It's a, it's a five hundred page book, so. Uh, yeah, just keeping all that in in order and 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 making sure that it's readable. So I, I getting guest editors and getting reviewers and uh, testimonials for for uh, for the landing page. All those are just things I had to learn from from scratch. So uh, one of the things that that really helped me was to study other people's launches mm-hmm. and to just kind of go through because I think we all help each other. It's a small community, and not that many coders are entrepreneurial. It's yep. helpful to study other coders. So I actually accumulated this cheat sheet on GitHub called uh, my launch cheat sheet. Okay. <laughs> I'm not very creative with the names, but I just studied <laughs> like 10 or 12 other people's launches, you know, see what they did and then just kind of mm-hmm. follow them. Which so would be some of those people, people that you studied? Yeah. The, I mean, the canonical one is Adam Wathen because he's mm-hmm. been extremely successful with his books. Yeah. But also he had a, he had a pretty good talk at microconf. Um, so it's the first entry that you see there, uh, but also refactoring, uh, with also books from Ben Orenstein, um, also books from Alex Debris, who who wrote the Dynamo DB book. There's a yep. bunch of the there's a bunch of these that I studied. Um, Philip Kylie writing for software developers, uh, which was fairly recent, like he launched just before me. 
Um, right. So so I was able to study something closer to to my timeline. I think I definitely think the the way that people launch changes over time. So something from mm-hmm. like six years ago might not be as relevant today. But you, it's limited data, so you 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 get what you can, uh, and yeah. it, it's just helpful because it feels like such a zero sum game because it, you only get one shot to launch, and then and once there's pre launch, mm-hmm. there's post launch. You don't get to really do it again. Obviously, you can you know do subsequent launches like oh i put out a new edition like oh you know you know there's a there's a new chapter or something you can mm-hmm. you can do that but there's there's really only one first launch and so and so you want to get you want to try and get there right yeah totally um one thing that strikes me is that I mean, typically the way that I've witnessed the launches going, and I can speak to my own launches as well. I've, I've got a couple of um, products out there um, edu- in, in education for developers. Um, <clears throat> is yeah, you get so, so the biggest my community spike. just picked up the React security thing. Oh, awesome! That's yeah. great. Uh, well, thank you for facilitating that through your community. That's uh, thank you. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and and so what I've noticed is like the launch is the the big sales time, right? That's the big spike, right? Mm-hmm. Right when you launch. Um, but I'm seeing more and more folks who are escalating their sales over the course of time. And so, like, you had a great launch, but you you've ramped it up to to a great point now. Uh, like you said, it's it's at 70k or so. <clears throat> Is there anything in particular that you've done to focus on increasing sales over the course of time and maintaining sales as time goes? Because a lot of people, I think, they they launch and they let it kind of just peter out uh, after that. Yeah, I, I feel like that's honestly on you if you let that happen because it's so stupid like (laughs) (laughs) only only like less than you know let's just charitably put it like one percent of your total potential audience will hear about you on your launch i don't care how big of a problem you have Uh, and it just takes time for word of mouth to trickle out and and just you know you you just got to consistently be out there you and i kind of work in developer marketing professionally and we get it like we we have you have to put stuff out there consistently for so people even hear about you and for people for people to go from hearing about you to actually giving you money as as a total stranger that's that's a leap of faith and sometimes it takes up to seven or to 14 times of of contact apparently according to digital agencies i i don't know i don't actually know the numbers but like yeah it's true for me like when i when i hear about a new technology i don't adopt it right away i wait and often i wait like a year before i buy stuff and, right. and so like and then and then if you if you if you hear about something and then you don't hear about it anymore you just assume it died or you just assume it was bad um, mm-hmm. and it may not be bad or it may not it may still be alive it's just like the, the person might just like be terrible at marketing so I think just like just showing some pulse um, it's like a good thing right. to have and yep. uh, so for me obviously I, I attach it very much uh, to my Twitter presence like I, I mentioned it where where relevant uh, I don't try to insert it so much into everything but when it comes up yep. like I'll, I'll, I'll definitely mention it and so people just Excellent. discover it as as just like through the course of my normal activity uh, mm-hmm. but probably the biggest boost have been people like you um, people like Chris Coyer people like um, fantastic on the react podcast like they they pick up they 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 see that i've shipped something they see that it's uh, acceptable quality to them at least yeah, you know sometimes i'll ship them like review units and stuff like that yep. and then they have me on their podcast uh i've also been invited on two uh conferences so jsconf belgium and cascadia js have been two really big venues for me where okay. i gave talks on my books contents for free mm-hmm. and then people find out about it and they're like if they like it they'll 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 buy it and uh and so podcasts have been really great and then and then conference talks something i haven't done at all which i know is leaving money on the table is doing mm-hmm. guest posts on other people's blogs which like right, i'm a yeah. decent blogger um i i have <coughs> access to like the free code cap blog um, yep. I, I I could do you know Stack Overflow blog. I I, I don't know. Like there, there there are a bunch of venues which I could possibly do, but I just don't. And part of, part of that is due to having a day job. <laughs> yeah. Part of that is also like I kind of want to see how well I can do without all this all these like growth hacks. Like I just yeah. want to see it like naturally do get to 100k. <laughs> like, and I feel yeah, like, I, I feel pretty great. Like once like. It's probably gonna hit. It's probably gonna get there at some point, right? Like I, I don't yeah. know when, but like probably next year, you get to 100k, and it'll be pretty mm-hmm. great to just get a 100k uh, book just organically. Totally. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that uh, that will that will net you much more than uh, than many traditionally published authors would get from their oh, sure. their work for yeah. sure, right? It's self that's the magic of self publishing for sure. So one thing I think that is a reflection, I wouldn't say regret. I would say it's a reflection and I just want to open up this idea for for discussion also for mm -hmm. people who haven't thought about this before. It's this idea that your first book should not be for money. Your first book should be for reach. And mm. then your second book could be for money. Because you want people to trust you and hear about you. And yep. if your first book is like the money book, then by definition, you're going to charge more. I, so I charge an aspirational price of $59. Um, yep. It's definitely meant to indicate that this is a premium book. It's not a standard ebook. Yeah. Uh, it really has a shit ton of, of content and, and research put into it. And it's meant to last you four to eight years. It's not the kind of thing you read once and throw away. Yeah. So you price in order to reflect that. But in order in, in the course of doing that, I for sure gave up on a lot of conversions who, mm -hmm. who, who, who might otherwise be familiar with the quality of my work. And therefore, I give up on them uh, being customers so that I can sell them my next thing. Right. So right. I, I've seen other people do the opposite of what I'm doing, which is they sell uh, extensive. So uh, Gergay Oros from Uber Amsterdam, uh, he wrote the tech resume inside out, which is also a, 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 an ebook. Um, but he priced it. So it's, a, it's like a very well researched ebook for two, like two, 200 pages ish. And it's mm -hmm. only focused on tech resumes. Very, very focused book. And, and I think it, it's solidly executed. He sells it for $9 a, a book, right? Oh, wow. He's going to okay. get a, way more sales, right? Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't need the money. Um, I, I mean, I, it's not like I need money either. But I'm just like, his strategy is that he makes a lot more sales now. And people trust him, and then he can take that customer list and sell the next thing, which is going to be a lot more valuable. To me, that's yep. that's smart. I just didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting strategy for sure. And especially if you can control, or you have a, you have, I guess the you you control the audience in terms of like you, you're able to to get their emails and stuff like that. Going through a traditional publisher, it's one of these cases where you. You oh, are yeah, going you to reach have. more people, but you don't have access to people's emails. You can't get in touch with yeah. them after, right? And I think uh, I think it's still valuable because you get the name recognition. I mean, I, I haven't gone down this road myself, so I don't know for sure. But uh, people like Randall Kana, she published um, with a traditional publisher, I think, for her first one, and then I think almost she published a, a, an ebook around the same time that you did, I believe, right? In, in a similar yeah. topic. Um, yeah, she, I think she was it, more it's focused been, on on uh, early career devs and sorry well right uh, junior devs and I was, I was like junior to senior so actually we we, we form a nice right. bundle together we haven't done a bundle <laughs> yeah. yet but probably that'd be interesting design. right yeah to, yeah to, to do a bundle offer but but i think she's probably benefited i mean she was on the podcast and she was talking about how it's beneficial to have that name recognition to, to have that reach so even if you can't capture emails, I mean, it's still valuable to have uh, people know you from previous work that then follows you to to your self-published works and, you know, you're able to maybe market more effectively that way. So yeah, I, I like that idea, right? The That you publish the first book for reach and then maybe subsequent products you do for money. And I think the same thing rings true for this concept of like offering a bunch of content for free um, to whoever before you ask for a sale right to garner that recognition and that goodwill with your audience and then you know later down the road down the line you've given them so much value that they're happy to to give you some money in exchange for more value um that's how i like to to think about it anyway um yeah one I thing mean, I, I, oh, oh go ahead uh the, the only way i was able to get anything in pre-sales was because i was blogging for three years before that right so people, right people would be happy if they never even got my book because they're just like, yeah, I benefited from your writing anyway, so here's some money anyway. So yeah. uh, it's it's really nice to, to have in your in your pocket. So I, I'm definitely doing that with my blog. I don't have a, a particular topic that I really focus on. I just guess I just like web dev in general, but yeah. that's that's really vague. If I if I actually was serious about this, I would I would niche down to something, but I haven't picked a niche yet. Gotcha. Well, you 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 know talk about the things I'm sure that are that are of interest to you, and that's, yeah, that's oftentimes it. the best way to to go about it to do what's interesting. Um, I think I remember seeing uh, you linked to on Twitter. You linked to something on Reddit, maybe where someone 
uh, it was a thread somewhere, Reddit or Hacker News or something, where somebody was kind of like, uh, when when you first released, they were they were I guess questioning like, um, why should we buy this book from you, oh, given yeah. that you've been in the industry for for not uh, so long? And I think you I can't remember exactly what you said. I remember reading it, and it was a very well put, eloquent answer. Um, I guess what I wonder, maybe for those, I think this this will be especially valuable for those of us out there that maybe we don't have a ton of experience, but we're still interested in doing a product or something. And we're confident we can provide some value, but maybe we're a little bit um, hesitant because, you know, ha- haven't been at it for that long. Um, I guess what would be, maybe maybe rehash your answer to that question that the, the person had on, on the, that thread. I can't remember exactly what you said, but also why is it that, you know, it's a good idea, even if we're not super experienced, maybe we're early, why is it still a good idea to to try to offer this value that we, we can offer? Yeah, give me one second to actually find that thread because I've been locked out of my account, so. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're t- they keep they keep blocking you out of Twitter, hey? Is it, they think they, it, it's it, because they think you're a bot? Well, it's, uh, it's because I'm in, I have a US number, but I'm currently not in the US because of COVID. Oh, okay. Uh, and they, their, their automation system doesn't do international calls. So th- there's mm. literally no way for me to verify that I'm human. Um, that's uh, that's no good. <laughs> okay, so good so I, I have the I have the thread here. So uh, this is on my launch page, which was like a, a challenge, right? Like because Hacker News was was a, a big source of traffic, and mm-hmm. I was on I was on uh, the front page, and and if I handled it wrong, then it would literally backfire on on the sales. Right. So this is what the person said. Uh, Please don't like, take this the wrong way. I'm genuinely curious. As far as I can tell, you've been a professional developer for approximately two years. Uh, that was undercounting. It was, it was probably closer to three. Um, what what qualifies you to instruct people on how to manage a dev career, let alone charge forty dollars for the advice? So uh, so yeah, the 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 way I handled it was to uh, say that yeah, I I have never been uh, hiding hiding the fact that I haven't been in this career for, for that long. Uh, but I'm not uh, new to, you know, uh, doing well in professional careers. I, I, I did yeah. pretty well in my finance career in the past uh, before sh- switching to, to coding and then um, did objectively pretty well as, as, a, as someone new in the, in, a, in the dev industry. So so that's that's the personal experience part, but that's one third of my empirical, my, my you know, epistemological foundation. Sorry, big <laughs> word. Uh, but like, why do I? Epist- epistemology is basically why do you think? What? How do you? How do you know what you know? Like, why do you think what you think to be true is true? Right. So there's personal experience, but that's only one way in which you can you can get there. There's also a theoretical foundation, like just from first principles. Can you derive principles that that make sense uh, objectively just from lo- pure logic? And then there's mm-hmm. empirical. Then the, the third one is empirical or deduction. So you study and read other people and condense their wisdom into a book. Uh, so there's very much the sense of like, you don't have to take my word for it. I have curated over 1400 links to other people's mm-hmm. advice. And this is a curation of their advice. Right. It, it, for sure, there's my perspective in it. But this is a curation of, of my advice. And um, I can't help what I don't have. But... This is the first version of the book, and I always, I always like to say that this is the worst version of the book. Um, mm. If I keep at it and I put out a new version every year, in ten years, this will be the best book on this topic because yeah. I will have done it for ten years. But I don't get totally. there. I don't get there not shipping and then waiting <laughs> fifteen yeah. years down the line. I, I, and yeah. very much, uh, and and then this person was won over. So, so, <laughs> so, so I, I took that as a challenge of like, uh, if I can demonstrate some of the principles. In the response, uh, they, this this person actually went from uh, critical to actually like, oh yeah, I'll take a chance on the on the book and uh, to show that on the on the Hacker News launch, it, it's it's it very much demonstrates my principle of like, if you can if you find a critic, you can listen to them and address their concerns, you can turn them into into some of your biggest fans, and right. uh, it's it's definitely a high stakes thing to do because if you if you got it wrong, then you just make them more irate. <laughs> <laughs> But like I think part of being entrepreneurial is having a thick skin and just taking on people like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. I always like to think about the, I guess it's the saying, maybe some kind of cliche in the um, kind of indie hacker world where it's, you know, you, you should you should ship, you should create, you should sell before you feel ready. Um, you know, because if you wait until you feel ready, it's going to, a long time is going to pass and maybe you'll never really feel ready. And I think the same goes for, maybe your level of uh, expertise even in a topic, right? Like, I mean, I, I did this um, course about security for React applications. And, you know, I've got some experience in the field given my, uh, I used to be employed at, at Auth0. And so I learned a whole bunch about this stuff and, and I, I have a way to condense it into a format to teach people about what they really need to know for, for securing their React applications. But that doesn't mean that I'm like the foremost expert in the field and I, I would never claim to be. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff that I I don't know about security uh, for, for the web, but I am able to to teach the things that I do know and link, like you did, link to to sources for further info that goes beyond what, what I know about. So I, I like that approach. I think it's a good approach. I think you handled that situation in particular quite well. So I applaud <laughs> you on that. That's uh, that's that's really good. Actually, um, I was actually quite happy because this this person was like, he started off saying, "Please don't take this the wrong way," which means right. he was trying to be nice. Uh, yeah. And so and so I was like, "Oh, this is not a threat. It's an opportunity." And uh, uh, yeah, I just I just took it and ran with it. And uh, yeah. it, I mean, it's 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 really fun because like the. I just view it as one instance of the general problem of like how do you deal with imposter syndrome? How do yep. you how do you deal with not knowing everything and still ship? And I think that's something that definitely gets in the way of a lot of developers. Like they want to be they want to know everything, they want to be perfect before they ship. Mm -hmm. Um and they don't do any marketing until until then. And uh, you and I know that's that's not the way to do it, but uh it, it definitely fights against the common instincts of a lot of people. So uh, yep. Any chance I get to demonstrate by my own action that these these things work, uh, it's a it's an opportunity I cannot pass pass up. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about the kind of just operational stuff that went into it. Uh, is it through Gumroad that you're selling? I wasn't too sure where. Oh where my it's god! Up. I went through so many platforms. It was. Uh, oh really? It was, it, was a, it was a journey. So I started on Gumroad. I, I I did my I did my initial sales on Gumroad itself, and it, Gumroad is really easy to get started with, but the the experience is very very. Um, locked down you only have one page uh there's mm. no images like there, there's a cover image but there's no I images in in between you don't really yeah. get the chance to offer other forms of uh things like like so i wanted to offer the book i want to offer the audiobook i want to offer like a discord community and then i want to offer videos for uh for for the highest tier um, and Gumroad can theoretically support that kind of stuff. It just like doesn't look great and mm -hmm. it doesn't present very well. So so I eventually moved from Gumroad to Podia, mm -hmm. that was, uh, which I think you use. I do, um, yeah. You're, yep, you're I Podia. Um, so so part of part of that calculation was also that Gumroad takes about takes a takes a um, something like uh, zero point like seven five percent or or something over and above the stripe fee and podia doesn't right. and so then yep. there's this calculation of like what is the trade-off cutoff point and i think it was, i think the the cutoff point is like 50k in sales something like that okay where it starts to make sense to be on podia rather than gumroad because uh, Gum gumroad's fees just just start uh, being more over and above what podia charges podia right. also offers uh, a fuller set of features like it had a landing uh, landing page creator it had uh, email sequence creation. Um, it had a very small community uh, section there. Like it just had stuff. Just had just had a fuller product in Gumroad. There. So, so I, right. I, I liked I liked that offering, and I tried to move, I, I moved on there for a good like three months. And eventually, I ran into so many issues with like just like the look and feel. Podia doesn't look great. It doesn't look premium. Yeah, I'm selling a pre I agree. I'm selling a premium product, right? It's got to look premium. Uh, yeah, you you, you 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 get how it is. Um, yeah. So I, I've 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 actually had chats with the Podia people. Um, I felt like they didn't really take my concerns that seriously, mm. um, and they they were kind of honestly a little bit arrogant. 
So I just started to not like them. <laughs> and so, okay. and so I just moved to Stripe Checkout uh, with Circle oh, as, as my fulfillment. So Circle is is the community platform that uh, a bunch of creators use, like Tiago Forte and a bunch of people I look up to. Um, so I just adopted that. And, and now I serve my book and my videos and, and the community all through Circle. And I Circle, use Stripe okay. Checkout. Um, so there's no intermediary fee. Um, <laughs> And it works well. Uh, I think conversions definitely went up just from just from moving to Stripe checkout. People just fundamentally cool. trust Stripe more, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, yep. uh, they, like the, the more like unfamiliar names you throw at them, the 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 more your conversions is just going to drop. So it's just like yeah. a fact. <laughs> Where like if someone wants to Google for this setup that you've got, what's a good like what are good search terms to get to Circle, etc. Circle.so, circle.so is, is the, is the uh, okay. name. Uh, on, on Twitter, there's Circle app. Okay. Uh, I should probably disclose that I'm a, I angel, I angel invested a little bit in them uh, cool. because I like them so much. They were, they were my actual first uh, investment in, in a startup um, <laughs> that is not Very a public cool. company. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would just basically describe it as Facebook groups without Facebook. So it's, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of strong contingent of people who who uh, who don't like Facebook, but uh, you know that's a very simplistic take because it also offers video hosting, uh, email newsletters, um, and just like a, a nice community format, which I really like because I, I have been a community manager uh, for a while now with uh, mm-hmm. the React Reddit and now with Salt Society, um, and so so yeah, I mean it's it's early days for me. I, I did this move maybe about two months ago and uh, I'm, I'm still getting going with it but so far the the discussions on there have been great and cool. I think people enjoy that uh, it's a it's a, it's a it looks more it just looks better than, than Pudia so I think mm-hmm. I think that was that was a priority for me like that it had to look it yeah. had to look and feel like something that you you paid well for yeah something premium does it overlap feature wise quite well with uh it's interesting that you, you call it podia i pronounce it podia which maybe is not the right way to yeah, say yeah, it yeah. i don't know how to say it but uh podia podia whatever uh it does do the features overlap um or is there they overlap some features um, they overlap some in the sense that uh podia has like a very very new and underdeveloped community feature <laughs> is it obvious that i don't like them that much <laughs> <laughs> i can hear it a little bit a little, just a little bit uh, but uh they, they overlap some in that respect uh Podia has more developed newslettering features whereas uh for circle it is it is basically basically like a weekly digest of stuff that happened in your circle community okay um partially oh oh this is one this is one thing i really liked about uh circle which is that you could work in the open. So with Podia, mm. um, you you basically had like the the you had to buy something to that, or you could click through and see see the files you're gonna get, but you didn't really see the work that goes on behind the scenes. Mm. Whereas in in Circle, I could literally post my uh, my announcements and my updates, and and let people see what they're about to buy without like you know everything's behind a paywall right but they can actually see that there's there's stuff going on and it's a, it's an actively maintained thing so i think hmm. that's that's more of like it makes it more alive than a, a fairly static like here's the files you're gonna get when you buy and yeah. so i think that's that's a new experience i'm, I'm definitely trying to to stretch that in in, in some ways so for yeah. example I started so one one of the things that you can do to extend sales of your book beyond launch is you start a podcast with uh, around the content that's re- relevant to your book. So I started yeah. a podcast with Randall that I, I you know got to got to be decently good friends with her over Twitter, and so we we both we started a podcast together, and I host the podcast discussions on my okay. circle community, and that's open cool. to the public. So people can just come naturally come onto there, uh, engage in the free stuff, and then find that there's a paid tier, and then gradually migrate from free to, free to paid. So I think yeah. I like that more than the, the the single action of like land on landing page. Either you convert or you or you're gone forever. Um, yep. So if you have something free available um, that is in the same platform as the paid stuff, I feel like there is more of a chance that people have build trust in you and then and then pay pay you for stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's a great idea to to put together a podcast or other content 
other form of content that is centered around the topic and then promote that and then you know a byproduct of that is you lead people towards your main main thing that's really cool um i'll definitely have to check out circle i mean this sounds really cool i i like the sounds of a lot of the features I, i've been looking at it here online and yeah the the look and feel is way way better than podia i mean po- podia what i mean the, the look and feel for podia podia is um it's like it's not the end of the world for me but i i i mean there's a lot of it that i i look at the design and i'm like yeah, why did they choose to do that <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean and well, it just the, doesn't look the, the that polished is- Look, you know, I can't argue, I can't argue in favor of them. Like, they're a small team, and they're bootstrapping, yeah. uh, as far as I can tell. And yeah, they they're trying to do everything. They they have, they have a massive yeah. cloud feature. Like they have they have the oh they have the live chat feature, right? They, it's like the intercom button. Yeah. But but it's yep. built in by them, so they don't outsource anything. Everything's just built in house. Um, and yep. I've had I've had customers that have, that have been decently surprised when I went they live chatted me and I was actually there to respond. They're like, yeah. Oh, like uh, this, this is, this is actually really good service. So I like that. Um, it's just that, yeah, it's the, the, it just the look and feel like, and, and I think, I think that's important because like people should not care, should not judge books by their covers, but they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yep, for sure. So we need to just make sure that it's the experience that we want to deliver. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I wanted to to chat about something that you mentioned uh, just a second ago, which was this whole concept of learning in public, which I, I know that you are a big proponent of. I, I see you talking about it quite a bit. Um, yeah, is it and... annoying? Is it too much? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I think it's, I think it is. Uh, I, I suppose it's getting a bit meta, but you're 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 learning in public about how to learn in public. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Very much. Uh, so this concept of learning in public, I mean, maybe the the descriptor gives it away, the, the name gives it away, but it's like um, how I would sum it up is kind of like you're you're doing work, you're you're um, you're figuring stuff out and and kind of broadcasting about what you're doing at the same time, so that you're bringing other people in on the journey and you're being transparent about what you're doing and, and stuff like that. I one thing I sense about it. Um, is that it's it's probably a decent amount of added effort to to one's workday if you know you're you're both learning something and then talking about what you're learning etc. Um, but I I sense that it's quite valuable. It's quite a valuable thing to do for a lot of reasons. I wonder if maybe we could talk about that. Uh, what what value do you get out of of this whole learn in public concept? Yeah. So first of all, this is a something I've I've thought for literally like three years about so we can uh so so if you so like the actual you know the books site is learninpublic.org so you can actually go right. there and, and read the free chapter that is that is the learning public essay or you can head to my own blog swix.io slash lip and you can you can uh, learn about that um but the 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 main thesis i mean at least at least for me the the benefit is not just so okay let me address the the thing about the overhead of learning in public so the, the the I think people take things to extremes too easily. The argument is that you're not I'm not saying you should have you should put everything out there hundred percent in public. Um, right. like what what comes in immediately goes out the other side. Uh, that is not that's not very productive and, and I don't think it's it's very nice for your followers as well. Um, but I'm just saying that I think by default we're conditioned to learn hundred percent in private. Everything that we consume, mm-hmm. we just kind of stick it in our heads, and we never share any of it. And I don't think we're very well served by that. So this is an this is an argument not to build a following, uh, but that this is straight up the best way to learn. The, the fastest way to learn is that if you right. uh, if you go from you know zero percent public to like five percent public or ten percent public, your learning rate, your growth rate, will just be faster. Independently mm-hmm. of like. I don't care what your following size is. I don't care what your your end goal is. Like you would just un, you would just learn um, at a, at a better rate. And I think uh, part of that is uh, having some skin in the game. Uh, part of that is being able to wrestle and, and remix content. You know, if you mm. if you just passively consume content, your your retention is not a, not going to be as great as if you sort of modify it and summarize it and, and put it into your own words. Um, and then putting it out there starts to build essentially what what people call a second brain right like i personally mm. i basically use google as my second brain like i'll just 
if I if I need my notes on something, I basically punch it in Swix and then whatever the thing I'm switching for. I right. probably have blogs about it or tweeted about it. Um, and that's like that's like a such a life hack. And it's also a, a big flex whenever uh, <laughs> someone someone at work asks you for stuff and you're like, yeah, you just like, put it into Google. It's, it. it's, it's the first link. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and then okay, so this this this, so I I very much like playing games where you win even if no one else uh, plays with you, like a, a, okay. a single player game. Right. So this is right. all about the single player experience of learning in public. Then it comes to the multiplayer experience of learning in public, where okay, like let's say you have readers, and, and mm-hmm. there's there's this issue of the cold start problem. Like how do you get readers if you have no readers? I, I we can talk about that later. Um, but uh, once you have readers, uh, they will start to point out things that you got wrong because that's how the internet works. It's called Cunningham's right. Law. Um, the, people will crawl over broken glass to uh, to <laughs> tell you about things that, that you got wrong. And once you got things wrong in public, you never forget it. Never. Yeah, true. Yeah. Right? Because that's, it's embarrassing. Uh, I can attest to that. Yep. yep. Right? Um, so that might pause, cause some people to like not post stuff because they're worried about getting things wrong. But as long as you've done the work and make sure you do the work, you're, you're not, you know, don't, don't, don't put out sloppy stuff because that, that will be your brand. Hmm. But as long as you've done the work and you still get things wrong, uh, that's fine because when people criticize your work, they're just criticizing a past version of you and your only goal is to be better that, than you were the day before, right? right? So if you don't tie up your identity inside of your work and, and you let people criticize your work, then you can personally grow from that. Um, yeah. And I, I definitely enjoy uh, those those personal growth moments when, when I change my mind or when I find out I'm wrong based on something I learned in public. Um, yeah. then, then I think then I think uh, is this exp- the, the, the final stage is kind of like the, the networked learning idea. Um, I, I call this a big L notation, which is a very uh, <laughs> academic concept. I, I just did a podcast <laughs> about, about this, actually, so people can find nice. uh, the Career Chats podcast. Uh, uh, my topic on big L notation, but it's, it's, cool. it's this idea that uh, if you build a, a f- network of people that that learn together with you or or specialize in different topics than you, and you can have this like mutual exchange of information, like it's like okay, I can be the whatever AWS guy, and you can be the off zero guy, and and like whenever I have some off zero stuff, I'll come to you, and whenever you have some AWS stuff, you come to me, uh, right. and that's like a, a a decent value exchange, and like so. I don't have to be a webpack expert. I can just be friends with Sean Larkin. I don't have to be, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. Like, the, I I feel like that is that is a scale. That's that's a better way to scale knowledge than mm-hmm. uh, just <laughs> kind of keeping everything to yourself, which is what yep. people do by default, and that's yep. fine. I'm just saying that this is faster and this is better. I so agree with your statement that that's our, our natural desire is to keep things to ourselves when we learn them and to res- and to not even resist but but to not even entertain the idea of uh, of reflecting back to others what we have learned right I think for so many reasons it's it's such a a default behavior what would you recommend for people who are really interested in doing what you've done learn in public um, for all these benefits that you've mentioned, but are very much stuck by the the fact that we are inclined not to do so. Do you have any tips for how to break through that barrier? How to how to start learning in public? Oh, geez. Um, summarize the smartest talks and articles that you come across. Hmm, okay. Because it doesn't take any opinion. No, it doesn't take any input from you apart from the summarization, right? Like, so every industry has like their Bible, you know, air quotes of like things that everyone should read or things that are classics. Like, you know, for, for if if you're interested in programming languages, it's like SICP, like the structure interpretation of computer programs or whatever, like the the greatest talks in your, in your field, just summarize them and post, post those, post those summaries. Uh, The authors will will notice it and share it for you. Uh, People who read your work, will not have to care about your authority, will not have to care about anything apart from they just know that it's a valuable thing. So they, they only care about, is it a good summary or not? Uh, but it's a it's a good single player game because even if nobody reads your stuff, at least you summarized it. And now you, now you have a summary yeah. that you can use for yourself. Uh, so I, I really like that that idea that you should just do some summarization. Uh, and, and this is actually something that like, even like Tim Ferriss was like, if you want to make a name for it in a new domain and you're just starting off, uh, the simplest way is to summarize the top books in the field about that domain. Yeah, and interesting. Get, yeah, I think I've heard him say that. To come to you. That's really um, cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, so so that that takes some work, but it's honestly like studying in public and like 
no yeah. big deal like you already do it anyway um the 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 real hack which i i've really come to land on after like two years of like f- figuring out how to get people you know over the hump of the cold start problem because yeah. a lot of people they, they they read the learning public they're super inspired and they tag me and they're like look I, I just set up my blog and here's my first blog post i'm like great like you want you want me to clap for you like that's not it <laughs> like <laughs> i don't give a shit like if, if you if you post your first blog post and you disappear from the face of the earth then you have failed yeah. and you have not you haven't grasped the, the idea that this is a this is a lifelong identity change um, right, that you have right. to you have to embrace like and but but the reason that people fail uh is mostly because they they desire feedback and i i'm, I'm human i desire feedback as well even as much as i talk about wanting to play single player games like life is a multiplayer game okay so you want if you want feedback what do you do right to guarantee feedback you basically have to pick up what others put down like if Hmm. people if people you know like like you just heard this podcast what you do is you you can summarize the podcast or you can engage in the podcast if someone if someone put out a new library or new demo or or a new app you can just go through and and you know test it out and 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 break it down and uh this will just guarantee feedback because not that many people give feedback <laughs> right yep <laughs> you know um and 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 it's just I, I just find it such a hack because you as long as you give good enough feedback and you give it consistently then the people that you want to be your mentors eventually start to recognize you as a collaborator and then eventually a, a mentee and a, and a friend uh yep. and a peer you know and and obviously uh, if you if you start to disagree with your mentors then you might, you know, part ways with them eventually. But uh, I think I think that's a very reliable formula for getting past that cold start of like I don't get feedback, therefore I stop. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. That's really cool. I, do you do you think that would you give this advice? I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of going off the cuff here, but I I'm seeing you know especially on Twitter. I don't know if you've you've noticed over the last couple of weeks, but there's there's a lot of conversation about how. For new developers, junior developers, um, people trying to break into the job market, it is maybe a trickier time right now. It's it's harder to get into a job, arguably, yeah. these days than it was in the past. And and so I don't know what the actual numbers say or or whatever, but let's let's say that yes, it is it is more difficult. Do you think that um, learning in public for junior developers and those searching for a job, do you think it's a good strategy to to learn in public? Does that help at all um, when approaching the the whole job market thing? D- does it help to make yourself more attractive to employers in some way? Are there other benefits? What, what do you think? How do you think it ties into just to looking for work? Okay, so the, the two things here. First is more first about looking for work. Second is about the the glut of junior engineers versus senior engineers because a bunch of people mm-hmm. are laid off. Uh, I'll tackle the second one because it's relatively easy. There is no glut right now because the global demand for software doubled this year uh, hmm. from everything going online. Right, like right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. you look at like yeah. the, the the percentage of co- of commerce that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this chart, but basically the percentage of commerce that was done online, uh, the the amount that was that, was, that it increased this year is equivalent to the total amount that was increased in the last ten years. Um, wow! And and just like you're gonna need software engineers for that. I I don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you know, like now Zoom is a household name now. Like and and like guess you know you know you have to employ software engineers to to make Zoom and it trickles down eventually. Obviously, uh, you know it starts to it starts to hit the soft, the senior engineers first, but then. Uh, they they got to hire juniors too. So um, my advice for ju- juniors kind of struggling to find a job right now. Like I, I empathize with you. It we have just been through a recession, but we are climbing out of it, and you're in the best sector in the economy. Period. Um, yeah. And you you will you will prevail uh, if you find yourself having doors closed on you for six months straight. Uh, don't necessarily take that. Uh, only only apply for software engineer jobs. You can to software engineer adjacent jobs because once you're mm-hmm. in a company it's extremely easy to do lateral transfers into software engineering so yeah, you can yeah. you can just say like you support engineer you can do like uh you know sales whatever and then you're like hey i also know how to code let me just code on the side they'll say yes within six months you'll be contributing enough they'll, they'll just be like hey you're a dev anyway just come over uh this right. happens all the time and yep. so if people don't let you through the front door just go around the back all right that's the easy one. The second one is about hiring and, and how learning public helps. Uh, and I say it helps extraordinarily well, mainly because 
we the the tech hiring industry process is broken because mm. it's an extremely lossy algorithm. How do we hire today? We look for we look for a job posting. We serialize our experience down to a single piece of paper we call a resume, and then we hope that the deserialization algorithm that the hiring <laughs> manager uses is is good enough to decompress whatever signal crappy signal they're looking for. Then we go in for a series of interviews, which are 45 to 60 minutes. uh, And there's maybe four to five interviews of of those. And we hope to do well enough to convey that we can do this job for like the next three to four years. Isn't that a terrible way to do these things? Like, Uh, yes, (laughs) absolutely. It is. It's terrible. Yeah, because we are forcing ourselves to this like compression, decompression algorithm that's extremely lossy that the rest of the uh, economy who are not software engineers uh, have to do. So the so what's the opposite? The opposite is what I call cryptographic proof of work, which is essentially build up this this like chain of like public output that cannot be faked. You cannot just like write some impressive numbers on a resume. Um, it, it has to be like you, you just put it you just put it out there for a long period of time, um, where like it's just it's just verifiable. Like when I when I punch in React. Uh, on, onto Google, I, I find you like good. You're you're a React developer. Like, yep. I have no question that you're a React developer. That kind of thing. Like, right. if, if you've spoken at like ten different React conferences, you're probably decent at React. Like that that kind yep. of thing. Like, so uh, that that's that's cryptographic proof of work in a sense that like I can sit like so when I was interviewing at, at AWS, um, I you know had I I had I had a guy Google me in front of me, and hmm. he. Like literally, he like sat down, googled me a little bit, and he was like, "Okay, we don't have to have this interview. We can just chill." Oh wow! Um, <laughs> because oh, wow. like, okay. th- th- there's no, there's nothing left to prove. Like, it's just <laughs> right. it's, yep. if you have if you have enough of a public output, uh, then then that speaks for itself, and that definitely also shows like the passion. It shows like persistence. It, it shows all the things that people want without the yep. the the fake mm, indirection of the resume, the, the 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 ceremony of like a tech interview. None of that. Like just right. like I, I had I had um the, the the most recent contract that I consulted for, uh, the recruiter was asking like should should we give this guy a technical interview? My my hiring manager was like, why? Like I just saw this guy live code on Twitch for four hours. Like he yep. can code. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? So like that's that's good. And then I tell you I tell you so when you do this for a while, so uh, everything I'm saying is like accessible to you in like your first year of doing this. But when you do this for multiple years, then it really starts to, to compound. So when so um, by the time I was I wanted to I was interested in joining AWS, I reached out to Nader Dabit, who is mm-hmm. uh, you may know, but some people may not know. But basically, I knew my prospective hiring manager for for two years before I approached him. Right. And I approached him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm voting yes on on you anyway." Like to to have the the context where to get to a point where an interview is a formality that's where you want to be <laughs> yep yeah 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 I, I i think that is a very very true statement i i, I think yeah i just want i wonder if i wonder if maybe it's like it works well when it works well uh in in the sense that like you know if, if you become prolific online if you're doing a mm-hmm. lot if you're learning in public a lot it works really well then i i wonder if some would say well you know i've, I've tried this learn in public thing i put out content i've done some of these things and i see no difference in the way that i interview um than i did beforehand maybe i i'm extrapolating but maybe that's maybe no, that's, that's uh that's, that's reality for 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 some people, um, what do you, what would you say in those situations? Would you say like you know do more online, learn in public in a different way? Would you have do you have any? I guess I mean obviously it, it depends on the situation heavily, but um, I guess what I'm thinking is if there's anybody out there who's been trying this kind of thing and it's not really working, um, what would you say to them? Is there anything they should do different? I I you know I'll kind of go a little bit further and say like the question really is, do you have to be internet famous for this to work? Or like, mm. <laughs> you right. know, like a okay. lot of people Good don't want it, yeah. that. Uh, a lot of people will never get there. And so, like, does that does that mean that this learning public is like a pyramid scheme where only like the top five people will succeed and the rest are uh, wasting <laughs> right. your time? So, the, I I don't think so, because I've seen a number of people succeed with with completely no following whatsoever, but just the yep. sheer fact of the the proof of work that they do. Like literally, that's why I, I make this very clear. 
play single player games where you win anyway, no matter how much uh, people people follow you. And I, I right. like this proof of work because like they don't have to know who you are prior to setting in an interview, but once they Google you, they find all these things that can, that that instantly show that you you have some credibility and passion and, and yeah. all that. Um, so one of my examples right now, which is my favorite, is uh, there's this University of Waterloo student who you know did the learning public. He's still still in college, uh, still a CS student, but he you know he's started blogging, not much of a following at all, but he got a uh, job at Tesla because he did the whole learning public thing and and he actually. Uh, you know, explained this philosophy and then showed showed his work in, during during his interview process, and it just gave so much more context during that interview than a standard uh, person who 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 yeah. might only just go by resume. Like it, it's just it's a pure win. Like I, I yeah. like, you know, and and you don't have to be internet famous to to do that. And uh, yeah. his name is Jeff Zhang. I, I put his interview up on my YouTube channel if you if you want to uh, hear from him directly. Cool. But um, yeah, like. Uh, I I I definitely see this happen enough, and obviously for for people who is for, for whom it's not working out, uh, I'll, I'll definitely say so. First of all, if you're within like your first four to six months, uh, this is what David Perel calls the the four months of quiet, where like hmm. uh, it just it takes a while to 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 get going with this thing. So yeah. uh, don't give up within that within that initial period. If you're doing this, if you've doing, been doing this for a long for longer than that, and it's not working, um, hit me up. <laughs> I'll try to help you. <laughs> there you go. That's a great um, offer. I think the the problem is more is less that people uh, try and then they don't succeed for a long period of time. It's that they try, don't succeed for a short while, and then they give up. So mm. it's more of like, are you quitting or, you know, uh, are, yep. are, you, are you figuring this out? Uh, and I think, okay, I'll, 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 I'll preface this with one final point, which is I, I have this uh, idea of like the nexus of interests. So you have to be focusing on things which you're interested in, which other people mm-hmm. are also interested in, which is my condensation of this icky guy concept that people like. You know, like the, the thing that you should w- work on it should be something that you're passionate about, something that you can b- get paid for, something that you know, yada yada yada. It's it's yeah. like this four circle thing. Uh, right. But if you can comp- compress that, you can actually get to two. I uh, talk about it a little bit more in, in my book. Uh, but basically, you, you you know, a lot of people focus very inward. Uh, when they when they start their learning public journey, they're like, okay, today I'm interested in whatever. I'm just gonna uh, pu- publish that out. That's good for you. It, it, it's mm-hmm. you're, you're putting your notes out in public, but it may not. No one necessarily might care at all. Yeah. So uh, they they might need to be an evolution towards more of an auto orientation. Like just just have an interest in like what other people are interested in, and try to hook into those points of interest. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I think you, you you do well. Yeah, people people like a lot of developers are surprisingly like, but how do I know what other people are interested in? Like, just pay attention, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Look at look for a few days on Hacker News, see what's on on top. Like that. Yeah, that's that's your interest. Look for look on a look on conference schedules and look what the speakers are all talking about. That that's the right. topic of the day, and just you know, uh, do more do more of those things. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I I've just had this thought as we've been talking about this that I wonder if this works well too for those that aren't in um, the programming world. So like I'm thinking about, you know, we hear about all these people going and doing university studies and it being very difficult to to get work after. You know, I wonder for them if it's if it it's a worthwhile pursuit as well, like learning in public as they're going through four years of university, and and you know by the time they're done, they've got a whole audience of people and, and prospective employers perhaps that would be uh, beneficial to the to to their prospects after after studying. I wonder if anyone's gone down that road. Might be worthwhile. Yeah, um, I don't have as much experience there, but I, I could imagine that this this might work in in those areas. The caveats is obviously that some some areas are more regulated. So I used to come right. from finance, and um, if you shared some confidential things, you would be out of, out of a job. That's uh, true. But that's I think true. Te- tech in so why why I really enjoy tech is that it's fundamentally more open. Like we are encouraged to get on stage and tell our secrets to our competitors because right. there's no there's they're not going to replicate it anyway. Or or we're, we're encouraged to open source code and literally give away our code. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, quite a, a different yeah. industry in that regard. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 
Well, um, you know, that's probably a good point to start wrapping up on. Um, I want to definitely point people towards the uh, the things that you've got going on. So um, let's give the top links. I, I've taken down a bunch of links here that we'll put in the show notes, but uh, if you were to direct uh, folks to maybe two or three places in particular, where would you send them here? Yeah, just check out learninpublic.org. I have uh, a, a bunch of free sample essays and you can just check out what it's what we've been talking about. There's a bunch of talks as well that I've given, and it's all linked for free on, on, on the site. And you can find me on Swix.io. That's my blog and with my writing and my newsletter and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, you can check out, I guess, our, our, our podcast, me and, me and Randall. We focus. Cool. Uh, it's a short cast, so less than 10 minutes is the, is the goal. Uh, I don't think we okay. reach that all the time. But we focus on one topic at a time, and I think it's been going well. So um, check Excellent. it out. What's the name of the podcast, Ray? Career, uh, chats? career chats. Yeah. Okay. Career I, chats. I'm, okay. I'm obviously Perfect. terrible at this, but yes, <laughs> I should probably mention the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I, I I picked it up a little bit earlier, and uh, yeah, we'll put the we'll put the direct link in the show notes um, as well uh, as links to everything else that you mentioned. So. Man, it's been a fun chat. Thank you so much for taking some time today. Um, yeah, I hope we can maybe, you know, sync up for another round at some point and, and see how things have progressed and, and uh, you know, uh, see what else you've learned in public at that point. Yeah, appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a great chat. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Entrepreneurial Coder podcast today. This has been episode 39 with Sean Wung. You can find links to all the resources that Sean mentioned at ecpodcast.io. And if you go to ecpodcast.io slash subscribe, you'll find links to subscribe. If you could leave a rating and review as well, that would be awesome. Check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash coder podcast.